Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. This is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading. I'm joined on the podcast today by my colleague and fellow editor, Kelsey Zeiser. And our guest today is one of our colleagues at Omdia, uh, Jamie Lenderman. She's the uh, senior analyst on Omdia's service provider technology network infrastructure team. And uh, she covers uh, cable and cable technologies. And one of the things she's uh, been looking at closely is uh, distributed access architecture and what the options are for cable companies as they're evolving their next generation networks and trying to, uh, in some cases, compete with fiber. And in all cases, trying to produce more bandwidth per subscriber while keeping costs as low as humanly possible. So we'll talk to her about uh, what's happened with cable companies, why they're deploying DAA, where it's going next. And also we'll talk about the Cable Next Gen Technologies and Strategies online conference. That's happening August 26th and 27th. And Jamie is speaking at that conference. Therefore, uh, we thought it'd be great to have her on the show. Uh, So that is all coming up right after this. This podcast is sponsored by Comcast Technology Solutions. Backed by Comcast's 20-plus years in the broadcast and streaming industries, Comcast Technology Solutions provides the technology stack and expert guidance that allows Tier 1 media companies worldwide to manage their content from post-production through delivery. Hello, Kelsey. Hello, Phil. How's things? Pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and uh, um, uh, one of our colleagues at the uh, on the analyst side is joining us. Uh, our guest today is Jamie Lenderman, and she's a senior analyst and uh, net- for, uh, for uh, network infrastructure and software at Omdia. Hi, Jamie. Hello. How are you? Good. Thanks for being on the show with us, um, and thanks for lending your expertise ahead of our uh, our big cable next gen technologies and strategies conference. Yeah, looking forward to it. That is a mouthful, and uh, <laughs> that's on uh, uh, August twenty sixth and twenty seventh in uh, uh, coming to a web browser near you. <laughs> In um, cyberspace. That's right. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's all virtual this year, as are most uh, of our marquee conferences. Um, so you'll be able to access the information on demand. That's the preferred way. And then uh, if you register for the conference, you'll be able to uh, listen to it later as well. Um, but the uh, uh, big picture, one of the things we wanted to talk about, because uh, the Cable Next Gen show is always about how cable companies are evolving their networks, what services they're offering, and that sort of thing. So the big picture uh, is that cable is constantly under, you know, all all ISPs, all all network operators are under uh, pressure to produce more bandwidth per subscriber and keep their cost either the same or lower them. Um, and they're doing so sort of in competition with uh, fiber from the telco side. And one way they're doing it is by um, distributed access architecture. Uh, and so uh, that's the method, I guess, the networking method. Is that, is that kind of the, the way to describe DAA? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, traditionally we've used the term centralized architecture. And so this is a, a movement towards uh, putting the intelligence uh, out in the field and some other methods. Okay, so keeping the keep, keeping the uh, large parts of the plant they've invested in, and uh, and then moving bits around to make sure it 
you know, can handle higher speeds, but in a slightly different configuration than traditional. Absolutely. Okay, good. So what are some of the major um, uh, DAA options for cable companies? Yeah, so surface level, DAA, is it's really a collection of next-gen technologies uh, with a single set of goals. Um, these include to, of course, increase bandwidth capacity, but really on the operator side, it's to lower OPEX. And then the, the fun part is to achieve higher levels of system intelligence, as well as automation and, and configuration options. Um, so there's several options here. Uh, and of course, we could spend a long time talking in depth about each one. But at surface level, uh, some of these options include um, spectrum upgrades and node splits, which is something we obviously see cable operators already do. However, some of these new things are disaggregating part or all of the CMTS or CCAP, uh, putting that into some of that intelligence into the field, or what we're calling virtualizing or putting it into the cloud. Uh, another option is, is physically pushing fiber closer to the end user um, and then use, utilizing digital optics which is also, you know, that industry term is, is known as fiber deep. Uh, okay. So uh, fiber deep is, what was the other term for it? Um, pushing fiber closer to the end user. Okay. Gotcha. Sure. Makes sense. And what are some of the big challenges in deploying these technologies? Yeah. So one major factor in order to see the long-term OPEX savings that, and the great benefits that DAA can bring is there's this big elephant, which of course is the upfront CapEx, uh, to put it simply. Uh, another major issue is a people issue. Uh, you're, you're dealing with people who have, in some cases, worked on these systems for well over a decade or more. And, and this, is, this is a new, this is transition. And furthermore, uh, operators are bringing together teams uh, that traditionally uh, have not worked together much, you know, such as the head-end guys versus the field technicians. And so there's not just network and systems coordination, but you're also seeing people coordination as well. And, and that takes some significant effort. Yeah, that, that culture issue sounds similar to what some of the telcos deal with, with different teams that, you know, maybe historically didn't work together, um, having to play nice in the sandbox, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, some of the technology changes are, are drastic for, but the cultural stuff I think is where, where a lot of operators really get tripped up. Um, the, uh, uh, well, let, let's talk about some case studies then, then, you know, are, are there any, um, sort of examples that come to mind of cable companies that are having success at deploying DAA? Because I, I, if I recall correctly, around this time last year, we were talking about how maybe DAA isn't really catching on as much as people once thought. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, the pandemic occurred right when I think when we were starting to see some real momentum with DAA. Um, mm. But we have seen some very early deployments in Western Europe where they are deploying virtualization of the, so putting some of the CMTSC cap to the cloud in tandem with utilizing the field in some of these other DAA options. And this has really allowed some higher bandwidth along with automation and network analytics. 
um, and seeing some savings on the OPEX side already. Um, and just to mention, before my DAA panel, there's going to be a presentation from Shane Portfolio. He is the Senior VP of Field Operations Engineering at Comcast. And uh, I think he's got a really interesting presentation that's going to kind of talk more about um, some of their strategic moves to, to transform their network. Yeah, that'll be great to hear from him. And sounds like it'll tee up your panel really well. Uh, what are some other key cable industry topics that you're looking forward to hearing about at the Cable Next Gen event? Yeah, so, you know, cable is really at a crossroads. Um, we're hearing a lot about fixed mobile convergence and one network, and it will be interesting to see how cable operators take different strategic approaches over the next several years, uh, especially as they adjust to a semi-permanent increase work from home, distance learning, as well as, you know, continued fiber to the home competition from alternative players. Um, I'm interested in hearing more about uh, Next Gen Pond for cable operators, which is another panel that's going to be led by a great uh, OMDIA analyst, uh, Julie Kunstler. That sounds good. We'll have to uh, uh, catch that as well. Um, it's interesting with, yeah, with the cable company uh, crossroads, as you put it, um, they're kind of in that, um, you know, pay TV is kind of, I don't want to say going away, but it's certainly not, it, it's certainly um, capped as far as, as much as it's going to grow. So they've either got to decide that they, they've got real kind of strategic decisions to make there. We've seen some cable operators, just completely go away from pay TV and then others, you know, keep it going as a, uh, something to, you know, continue to tie into all their offerings. Um, and then wireless as well. It's sort of like how, I guess the, the bottom line is like how much like the telcos do they really want to be? Um, do, do you feel like cable can, um, the cable companies can really prove that they have an advantage over telcos, uh, with their network alone? You know, it's very interesting. We're, we're seeing, especially in Western Europe, that for the cable operators, the quad play package is pretty standard. Um, so, you know, you have your broadband, your pay TV, your voice, as well as a mobile or wireless offering. Um, and that's becoming, you know, it's been pretty standard over there for a while. And it's obviously in the last year, year and a half, it's really starting to catch on over in North America. Um, and mm -hmm. so I think I think through um, some of these steps towards fixed mobile convergence, I think there is going to be the ability to continue to compete here. Do you think, um, uh, do you see cable, the, does the fiber deep thing sounds interesting too, because it's sort of like, um, you know, pu pushes uh, by pushing fiber deeper into the network, closer to the subscriber. Obviously that unlocks a lot of uh, benefits you know, in terms of bandwidth and what you're able to accomplish on the network. Um, does it really save the cable companies or does it really, you know, does it really make that big of difference if they were to just go fiber all the way to the premises or is that just too expensive a proposition for many of them? I think for many of them uh, to do all of that at once is, is definitely a large undertaking. However, you know, we have seen a couple cable operators put their stake in the ground 
um, that they are going to do fiber all the way uh, for their access networks. However, I think there is still a lot of life left in, in a lot of HSC plants and, and um, there, there's tools to continue to keep utilizing it as, as more fiber is pushed into the network. Um, of course, ultimately, and when we're talking a couple decades down the road, the end goal, I think, of all operators is to ultimately be fiber to the home um, all the way. But, you know, there's, like I said, there's a lot of life left and, and there's definitely some strategic tools that the industry um, have and vendor solutions vendors have put forth um, that are allowing um, cable operators to, to continue to use their plants. I think that's a pretty uh, uh, a pretty fair way to leave it because that's that's ultimately the 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 point of the cable next gen show is to explore all of those uh, opportunities, talk about where the different cable operators are in their networks and uh, and how they're getting from you know where they are now to the ability to either add more services or uh, improve their networks substantially. Um, Jamie's panel is uh, drilling down on DAA. That's on August 26 at 2.15. Uh, I believe that's 2.15 Eastern time, right? I think so, That's yeah. correct. Yep. Correct. Okay. So 2.15 Eastern time, and that's at the, uh, um, again, the Cable Next Gen Technologies and Strategies show. You can get that uh, from the events section at uh, lightreading.com, or you can search uh, in your browser or find it through Informatech's website. There's there's all kinds of ways to get there, but just know that it's called the Cable Next Gen Technologies and Strategy Show. And, uh, and that's where you'll see uh, Jamie Linderman. Uh, Jamie, thanks so much for, uh, uh, for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. That is it. That's our show. Special thanks to Jamie Linderman from Omdia for her time and insights today. Uh, thanks, as ever, to uh, Kelsey Zeiser for co-hosting. Thanks to our producer, uh, Pierre Landrio, for making us sound good even when we don't. Please do tell a friend to subscribe, and thank you so much for listening to The Light Reading Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Comcast Technology Solutions. Backed by Comcast's 20-plus years in the broadcast and streaming industries, Comcast Technology Solutions provides the technology stack and expert guidance that allows Tier 1 media companies worldwide to manage their content from post-production through delivery.